it's really a preference thing because I've easily spent over 30 grand just from jumping ship and trying different things all these years. Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Santiago. We're at episode 10, and that was a snippet from my interview with Joey Rieger, a hybrid wedding shooter from Southern California. He started his business in 2014, and since then, he's bought and sold so many cameras that we just had to talk about it. If you're thinking of getting a camera for video, or if you're upgrading equipment, you wouldn't want to miss this one. We'll be covering Sony, Panasonic, Fuji, and Canon in this segment that I'd like to call Gear Acquisition Syndrome, aka Gas Gas Gas. With the rise of DSLR cameras geared towards videographers and filmmakers, there's so many out there that it's just so hard to keep up. Lucky for us, my buddy Joey had a first-hand experience with most of it, and he didn't just try them. He actually owned all of it and lived to tell the tale. Please help me welcome Joey Rieger. Hey, Joey. How's it going? What's up, Paul? I'm so happy that you are able to do this with me. Yeah, me too. I can talk gear all day. Let's start with, um, I want the the listeners to know who you are. So what's your origin story? Um, so my origin story, I'm just going to lay it out real quick how I started. I won $20,000 on a scratcher. Um, I won't go into details of like the story of how I got to the scratcher and scratched it, blah, blah, blah. But basically that's what started it all in 2014. Um, I bought that scratcher and I bought my first camera, which was a Canon 6D with a Sigma 3514. When you bought the camera, did you go, what, what path did you take? Did you go video or photo? So like when I bought that camera, I just knew that I, I wanted something. And prior to that, like, I was going to use my, my tax return because I, I don't have a ton of money then, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, my tax return's coming. I want to do video. And I almost bought the GH2, which is Panasonic. Mm -hmm. Because in 2014, the GH2 was amazing because you could do so much that cameras didn't have at the time. But it, it's, it was solely for video. So I'm I'm really happy that everything came out like panned out the way it did because I had to get uh, I got a I got an actual like photography camera that does video, and so if I wouldn't have done that I don't think I've been where I am at today as far as photography goes. So I ended up getting the Canon and I was just running around shooting like people on the street, uh, obviously close ups of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Every, everyone has to go through the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Learn how to light paint. <laughs> so <laughs> how, how long have you been doing this? Um, since 2014. Okay. Weddings. I, I think I did my first wedding the end of 2014. And the reason why I invited you, because in a span of that time, which is almost five years, right? Yeah. In a span of five years, you've gone through pretty much every single camera brand that hybrid <laughs> right hybrid shooters yeah. can go through and yeah. it's amazing when you gave me the list i'm like oh my gosh you've probably spent so much money and uh, it's ridiculous yeah so i can't wait to hear about these cameras and how it helped you so let's talk about the first one so i have i had no i no care for 4k it's 2014 there's i just don't you know there's no way i'm not even gonna think about it that's too future um i shot my first uh, shooting weddings for photo and then the next year I was like I need to shoot video I want to shoot video for weddings I understand how weddings work I know I can shoot video 
So I hit up a local photographer that I love, and he asked his client if I can shoot video for them for free. And so I had my two Canon 6Ds with the 70 to 200. I had those two 6Ds, and I, I, for me, I think I did a very good job for my first wedding, and I'm pretty self-aware. I mean, I can probably look back at it and kind of cringe a little bit, but um, I think I did really well for someone who, like, his first wedding cinema. Um, uh-huh. And that's when I knew that maybe I need to upgrade a little bit. And so I ended up getting the uh, Sony A6300. Okay. As my like, I want to venture off into the Sony world. Um, what well, what made you get into the Sony um, ecosystem? This uh, the sixty three hundred. I if I can remember, it has it had four K. Uh, gotcha. And I've always known that with four K on a ten eighty p timeline, like you have so much room to crop and do whatever you want with the frame. And I'm not because I'm not outputting in four K. You know. Mm-hmm. I literally only use the 4K just so I can have all that room to play with. Because a lot of my shots, I like to scale to like it kind of looks like you're zooming in with the with the zoom lens, or but not so like zoomy. It's more like a slow zoom in um, without losing any like quality or anything. And I like doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, especially with DSLRs, they don't really have a zoom in and out option. Yeah, yeah. And so I figure, like, if I'm going to separate myself a little bit with my style, I like to do scaling and premiere um, just just a little bit. I don't do it all the time. but So I ended up getting the Sony, and I was just like, dude, if I'm going to go Sony, I should just go all in. And I sold all my 60s. I had two 60s. Um, and I bought uh, A7S II. That camera is incredible incredible but the problem was uh because i'm a hybrid shooter i shoot photo and video not at the same day but i mean i have a crew that goes with me like if i do photo i have a video crew but um or some days where i don't get like booked for a photo i'll do video and so i really wanted a loadout where i could have both and one of the things that kind of sucked about the a7s2 was that it's like 12 megapixels but okay but the low light was great. So then I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to have the A7S2, I got to have the A7R2 to, to like even it out. And so I bought the A7R2 for photo. Um, but the problem with that was I'm hitting like 42 megapixels or whatever. And it was, and the files were huge for yeah. photo. And I'm like, I don't need, I don't need, hev- I don't need heavy, heavy on the photo, you know, like that's too much. Like, uh, and so that's where, my brain just started freaking out and I ended up just buying everything and selling everything and buying everything. And cause Sony glass is pretty expensive when you get into the G master lenses. What's the price range for the glasses? Uh, so like it's kind of the same as the L, the okay. L lenses, uh, but like the 85 G master, which is an incredible lens. I think, it, I think it ran me like 2000 then. Ooh. Uh, yeah. But, um, and and another thing is that then uh, Sigma didn't have I, I love Sigma lenses. Sigma didn't have very good. Uh, uh, it didn't work very well with the cameras, if, even if you use the the, the adapter. Um, and so I didn't like that part either. The M MC eleven adapter or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like that. It didn't it didn't it didn't autofocus very well, and that kind of pissed me off a lot. And so. That's when I jumped into Panasonic. <laughs> <laughs> Great transition. Oh my god! 
So, uh, in a span of how many years was from from Canon 6D to uh, the end of the Sony era for you? Yeah, <laughs> I I did Sony I did Sony for one season, so okay. uh, one year I, I would say 2016 maybe, if I can remember correctly, just time wise. Um, I don't remember when the GH5 came out, but I got it right when it came out. I don't know if it was the end of 2017. No, I think it was the end of 2016. I'm not sure. Um, okay. So I got the GH5, and and then I had all these different cameras. I, I got the 5D Mark IV and the 5D Mark III. Mm-hmm. So I jumped away from 60s, even though like I always recommend 6D for people who are just starting. But um, those those Mark those Mark cameras are great. And the problem was I could not color grade for the life of me. You cannot. I cannot match those cameras. Oh, okay. Uh, but well, you know what's really neat is that Film Convert, which is a really, really amazing tool for color grading, they're coming out with a new software this year that will that will match uh, camera profiles. Okay. So, so you could take a Canon camera, a Panasonic, and a, and a Sony and put them together, and then they'll all match. Wow. That's, that's the technology they're talking about, and that's really cool, but too late, you know, because I'm trying to stick with one brand now. Yeah. Well, before we go into uh, deep deeper into the the Panasonic brand, I want to ask you first: What are the pros and the cons with the Sony the Sony ecosystem that you yeah. use for a year? Okay, so the A sixty three hundred overheated all the time. Like you, I literally had to wrap my cameras in white uh, cloths. Um, I, I saw that you mentioned on Facebook to a, 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 a shooter that was panicking with their overheating, and you said a, a damp cloth. Yeah, <laughs> hey, ne- dude, I've never heard of a damp cloth, but that's good. Yeah, that's what worked for us. It was like a hundred three degrees outside, and then I just just grabbed a cloth and then just yeah, <laughs> just yeah. put it on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so yeah, that's, so that's what we used to do. We would uh, we would literally just wrap white cloths around the cameras and that will kind of help it from overheating but when you're when you're offering a full ceremony to clients like you can't have overheating you know like oh there goes camera b like oh shoot oh man you know and so that's another thing that kind of got me like ah this is awful oh and the battery life of sony everyone knows that it is hell it's stupid like i can't even tell you how i had like 13 batteries for sony oh wow it, insane dude insane and so like the a7 III right now their 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 battery system's different um i haven't messed with it too much but i know that it's a lot better now and not to mention that sigma makes mount now for the e-mount which is great okay so but so, yeah but the like even the color science of sony like in the back i just hated it uh, menus people cry about menus but like with all things you get used to the menu system who cares and the position of the record button too. Yeah, yeah, that too. That was a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> How about the pros? <laughs> uh, the pros, A7S2, it was amazing in low light. So like the A7S3, when that comes out, I guarantee you it's going to change everything. Like it's gonna, it's gonna cause a lot of turmoil in my head. Like, damn it, I want that camera. I want that camera. But <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. But the A7S2 was incredible as far as low light. Um, the even the uh, the the Ibis, the image stabilizing inside, it, it wasn't terrible compared to the GH5. It was terrible, but to, just to even have it, like Canon can't even offer that, you know. Yeah. 
and that's kind of where the shortfall comes too with Canon. Like you gotta, you gotta keep up, but I, I don't like to go back and forth as far as like, Oh, Canon's better. Sony's better. Like I think any camera is like, you're going to get it and it's going to be right for you. Like who cares what people say? Yeah. As long as you get, you, you master the, the equipment. It doesn't really matter yeah, to me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's a show out on Netflix with this 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 director. He shoot he shot the whole entire season on a uh, on a like an iPhone 8 Plus or something. There you go, <laughs> dude. It, dude, it's incredible. Like, I, it's it's insane. So I don't really like. I think it's just a preference for people, and people like to go too deep into like just pixel peeping and stuff. Like, no one no one cares. Like my clients, I could shoot with a potato as long as it looks great. They're gonna be like, oh my god, this is amazing. Well, you didn't know I shot it with a potato, you know? Yeah. They don't know. They don't care. I think it's more of um, the the availability of these equipment is what what's attracting yeah. all of us videographers to the yeah. cameras. It's yeah, it, this can do this and that can do that, and you just yeah. and then the price is so irresistible because for photographers, it's like it's like trash, but for video, it's gonna be gold. So yeah. it's way cheaper and it's yeah. so attractive. But at the end of the day, you need you just need to master. You just yeah. need to master one camera, and you're you're gonna be good as long as it's not overheating, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go let's go back to Panasonic. Okay. So you said you got uh, the GH five, right? Yeah. So yeah. give me the pros and the cons for that, and what did you use that for? Okay, so the GH five. Once they told me that it shoots 4K 60p, I about screamed. Um, that that was everything, and that's what everyone cries about. That they want so bad is 4K 60p, uh, and Panasonic offered that. And to have, see, for me in my wedding films, I love shooting 60p all day. Uh, for for ceremony, I lock off cameras at 24, but other than that, I'm running around all day at 60 because I love the way that 60p looks um, exporting on a 24p timeline without slowing down. I like that kind of like jagged, jarring look. Okay. Um, which is still cin cinematic in a sense, but um, it's more my style. It's more rugged and fun to me. Um, and, and you have, and I have option to slow down almost every clip because I'm shooting in 60p. Exactly. That's and what we do too. Yeah, and with the 4K, I could literally freaking like, like I said, scale in, crop in, whatever the hell I want to do because there's so much there. Like there's so much information. Uh. And I, I would even say that it's almost sharper in 4K to export at 24, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too savvy when it comes to all that stuff, the techie stuff. Um, so once I also found out that the IBIS was extremely like amazing, I was sold on it. Like I want to be able to shoot handheld. So I have this, uh, I think it's called a QV1. Let me look this up. It's a QV1. It's a eye thing for it's You put it on your back of your camera on the, uh, on the uh, screen. Yeah, it's called Camera <laughs> uh -huh. uh, QV1 LCD viewfinder. This thing is absolutely incredible because you put it on the back of your, your screen on the GH5. You're going to have a lot of people in this arena that talk about handheld is, is stupid. It's, it's just careless. I mean, some people will. Uh, I think it's more the old timers. Um, for So the, the, the greatness about shooting handheld is that i can go anywhere and everywhere and not worry about anything because because honestly monopods are kind of just they're just clunky they're in the way i use a monopod don't get me wrong um but to be able to just run around with the photographer 
and not have to adjust anything and be on the fly, like handheld GH5 is everything. And no one knows it. I could literally walk backwards after the kiss while they're coming down the aisle, handheld with this thing against my eye. Because when it's against your eye, your, your, your body is a stabilizer, so you're pushing it against your face. So now you're like pretty stable now. Only bad part is it creates a suction around your eye, so you look kind of funny when you take it off. So <laughs> like... <laughs> So that mixed with the the stabilizer and the GH5, oh man, that's that's everything. And with a GH5, if I have if I'm shooting an engagement session where the couple bought photos and video, I just have the GH5 on my hip and my other camp, my photography camera on my other hip, and I just go, I flip back and forth, and I could do it all and make it look really like amazing. So, okay, so I can all day. GH5 is incredible. As it comes to photo, it's not it's not a photography camera in my opinion. So it's more of a video camera. Straight up. It has so many options. You can do 10-bit, 422, uh, 500 megabits per second or whatever. Don't, 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 don't quote me. I'm not really too savvy. But basically a lot of information. Um, you said with uh, the, IB, the IBIS, the IBIS it's... Um, <laughs> so you shoot Canon, so you don't even know what IBIS is. Yeah, I don't even know what <laughs> IBIS is. Because <laughs> you know what? I shoot monopod. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was wondering, like, because I've read some people said that this the the IBIS for uh, the GH5 is a little tricky when you start walking. Is that true? Do you notice anything different when you're like, um, instead of like just standing up? I think it's all technique. Uh, okay. Obviously, if you're jerky or you're kind of shaky, like it's gonna be a little weird and create waves uh, or whatever. So like warps and stuff like that. Um. So it's more of like a hold your breath, get a nice squat, back straight, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm sure like if you get kind of wild, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna suck. Okay, and then I wanted to ask you about low light for the GH5. Awful. How is it? God awful! It's unbelievably awful. One more, uh, one more for the record. That's oh, awful. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it is so bad that, that Panasonic made another camera called the GH5S okay. with, a, with a bigger sensor. It's still micro four-thirds, but um, uh, it, it handles well in low light. Okay. And then, you know, just like earlier we were talking about just mastering the camera and, you know, all the settings and stuff. Even when you do that, it's still bad in low light. You, you can't the GH5? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and then the downfall of the GH5S is that there's no image stabilizer. Okay. So they couldn't figure that technology out, or I don't know how they marketed that. I don't know. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to ask you later about um, uh, a good camera for beginners, but let's go to, let's go to Canon. Okay. Okay, um, so what was your... What Canon camera did you have after the GH5? Was it the 5D Mark IV and 5D Mark IV? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's start there. Like, what did okay. you, what did you use it for, and and um, what what's the pros and cons for that camera? Um, I could. Okay, so the Mark III, I could never make it look decent for video. I just never like really tried with it. Um, but I would mark it off as like my C cam or like D cam, just to like have like a safety cam for ceremony. Um, but the Mark IV. I, I took it to Canon and I add, had them add log. Um, the Mark IV is incredible with the autofocus, but the problem when I got the Mark IV is that no uh, decent gimbal system would hold the Mark IV. 
Yeah. Um, I had the Ronin, but I didn't like it. It was just too heavy. It was kind of ridiculous. It made me sweat way too much. Um, and so what's incredible now is that I had the Ronin S, and I could fly my Mark IV with uh, the 18 to 35 Sigma lens, which is an incredible lens. Uh, it's for a crop body, but hey, Canon crops at 4K, so I'm able to use that that lens for that camera without any vignetting or anything. Um, and then I'm using that dual pixel on the Mark IV, which is unbelievably amazing. Dual pixel autofocus is life. Oh, yeah. I love so, I love the dual pixel autofocus. Yeah, and and that's where it, I have a Canon C two hundred, and it uses that. And the C two hundred is incredible, incredible. But obviously, that's not a video. That's not a uh, photography camera at all. It's a cinema camera. Yeah. But um, as far as that goes, I still I was still using the Mark IV with the GH five with a Sony A seven three from my other shooter. And I'd be in hell as far as coming to like uh, post production, like coloring and stuff. And I just said, I got to stop doing this. Like I, I, I'm not happy with my films because I can't color them correctly. Um, and so that's where I was like, okay, I got to start. I got to, I got to commit to one. Yes, to one, to one brand. And I got so much. I had so I had so much money in lenses and. And Canon lenses hold their value pretty well as far as like the L lens goes and stuff. Um, and I just, I just need like, I just love Canon. I, dude, I went to Fuji. I forgot to tell you, I went to Fuji as well. Ooh. Oh my god, when, I bought a. <laughs> when was this? <laughs> like, I, I literally just sold it like last week. I said I can't do this. I was gonna jump ship. I was gonna, I was gonna sell everything. I was gonna sell all my Canon gear. I was gonna sell my C two hundred, and just go full on Fuji. Because the Fuji X-T3, uh, it has F-Log. It has 422 10-bit external. So, like, you can put it to, like, a monitor, like a, like a ninja. But I just, there was something about Fuji I didn't like. I just, I love the photo quality. The video just kind of looked kind of weird to me. I, I have had, I've had other people show me screenshots of their video quality with it. I'm like, dang, it looks sick. But I could never, I could just couldn't do it. And so I sold all that stuff. But that was another, like, three grand that I've, wasted and then i only got like like three quarters of that back from what i sold so oh man uh, you know I, I i've been seeing fuji um shooters for weddings and their photos yeah. are really good yeah like, no uh, I the love quality the of the photo is really good yeah i yeah, just didn't I, know about the video part yeah and so i was like okay if i like this xt3 i'm gonna buy another one and i'm gonna sell all my stuff and i'm gonna do photo and video with fuji I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I was like, I can't do this. I got to get rid of this camera because I can't. Because I was shooting weddings, um, photography, the X-T3 and the Mark IV. Uh, it's, that wasn't too hard to uh, color both those, like for my presets and stuff, but mm-hmm. it was still annoying. And I was like, I, I got to stop doing this. Like, I just look like a fool with two different bodies. Okay. So after that, <laughs> what what camera do you use now? Like, what's your, okay. what's your lineup right now? Okay, now I'm all in. I'm invested. I got the uh, the Canon R, which is great for video too. Because for weddings, like you don't need super spectacular things. Especially now, I know what I need to do, what shots I like. Um, and so I have the Canon R. I just bought the 50 uh, RF 1.2 lens. It's freaking incredible. Uh, I stay pretty loyal to this uh, camera company here in Riverside. It's uh, called Image One Camera, and uh, I'm waiting for my 28 to 70 f2 RF lens, 
that they have on back order. B and H has it, but I'm just staying loyal and waiting for them to get my lens in. Yeah, the that lens. Oh man, are you gonna get the the, the adapter that that you could put uh, ND? Oh, filters? I have it. Oh no, I, yeah. So I don't use NDs anymore. I used to. Okay. Um, now I just bump my shutter up. I don't so. think I've ever used ND filters, but I feel like it's it's a good thing to use when you do corporate. Yeah, I agree. That, that's why that's why my C two hundred comes into play. Uh, we like to keep the native ISO at eight hundred, which is for the C two hundred, it's eight hundred. So, but I think with that, with that, with that, so those lenses are extremely expensive. But I figure I'm all in, and I'm gonna stick to it. And I don't even like zooms, dude. But the but at twenty eight to seventy f two, like how could you not like that? Oh yeah. So, so me me for me, I I shoot I mostly shoot zooms. I don't really shoot um, primes. Okay. Unless it's like dark or for, yeah. for dancing or any, so anything like that. I like doing yeah. zooms because. It's more dynamic when whenever something happens, I can just zoom out or zoom in. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, kind of like you, you already know what shots you want. So it's easier for you to buy the lenses and buy the cameras, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And so my only thing when, when I saw the 2470 F2 was it's like th- really big. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's three pounds. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's a it's a big it's a big boy. Okay, so no no way for uh, gimbals. <laughs> no, no, you can because oh, the, 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 yeah, dude, the Ronin the Ronin uh, S or whatever I think it's Ronin S, right? The new one. Um, yeah. You can run up to like seven pounds on that thing. Wow. I I fly my C two hundred on it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So do the C the 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 R lenses? Can you use them on the C two hundreds? No, no that, right? that's the one bad thing about the RF. But the RF is the future, like the the, the future of Canon. I think, like, they're yeah. I think they're they're one of their next cameras in the next two years is going to be like the the one DX Mark II equivalent, but in mirrorless form. Yeah, I I actually feel like this is more of a, a lens release than a camera release. Yeah, yeah, right. they have a ton, they have a ton rolling out, but I think I'm good. Um, I'm gonna buy another another Canon R. I can't get the RP which everyone's going nuts about. I mean, okay, so the Canon RP is great for photography, uh-huh. but it's not okay for video because there's no dual pixel at 4K or something like that. There's some there's some drawbacks to it that I that I can't really mess with. Okay. Well, so you said no dual pixel just for 4K, but for HD there's dual pixel. Um I think there's just okay. I've only had one discussion about it, and then once I heard about all those things, I just didn't even like look into it at all, you know. So, I, I could definitely, obviously, be really wrong, but mm-hmm. it was it was enough for me to say like, okay, yeah, I can't get it for for video, so I'm not gonna get it for photo. Okay. Okay, so going back to what cameras you're using right now, you said you have a, a EOS R, right? Yeah. So right now I'm using for photo. I'm using the R and the Mark IV. Okay. And then for corporate, because you, you, you do corporate too, right? Yeah, we do a lot of corporate, a lot. Um, so, so what we're running with that is the Black Magic uh, Pocket Cinema camera that just came out, mm-hmm. um, the C two hundred and the R. So out of all the cameras that you've used over the years, mm-hmm. I want to ask you for the listeners who are starting out, what camera for video? People who are starting out in video, what camera can you advise for them to get? 
not necessarily you, not necessarily price based but yeah probably price based but more of like a long term camera okay um if you are starting and you have no intentions of wanting to do photo uh i would honestly say the gh5 oh i'm surprised okay yeah because if you don't care about photo at all the gh5 is great but if you really want to like go head in like like right on in whatever like like black magic pocket camera is $1300 so i think the gh5 is around there now only thing is there's no image stabilizer but it is a cinema camera for the price it's ridiculous okay i, I i'm actually going to wppi next week so hopefully they have like black magic there and i want to really try it oh out. for sure they will i mean the back screen's huge um the options like peaking and and zebras everything is on there it's it's, it's a cinema camera wow okay so that's your advice for uh beginners right yeah it, it, it's basically do you want image stabilizing i mean yes or do you just want like straight up cinema camera and i guess i'm gonna you know what i'm just gonna say straight up get the black magic for beginners yeah okay good I just like have that. just have like just have tripod and monopod you can't you cannot handhold that yeah <laughs> that's the thing for me i'm i really I, i'm actually going to talk about this in another podcast but for for me as an, an employer like looking for for other shooters mm -hmm. and i've been talking to other people too who have like who do high uh high volume weddings they yeah. always we always talk about like Whenever we get a reel and we see handheld footage, yeah, it's like an auto automatic disqualification. Yeah, <laughs> because it's it's hard because you can't you can't maintain that kind of uh, smoothness every time. Because yeah. there are yeah. times when you're like jittery or you're tired. Oh, for and sure. So you yeah. you know you know that I I like that you 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 know having having a cinema camera without an image stabilization is not a really big deal. Because I don't think it is that just because there's like a monopod and a tripod that's exactly. available to you. Exactly. And and I mean, you can get lenses for that camera that have stabilization, but it's not going to be enough. Okay. Um, and like for me and my brand, like handheld, like it, it works, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally. That, that's a that's $1,300 camera that gives you so much. Like it's insane. Okay, cool. And then, okay, so I wanted to ask you about uh, hy for hybrid shooters who want to start out and get, so for shooters, maybe probably photographers who want to get into video, because yeah. I don't think there's people there who want to just jump into photo and video right away. So it's usually photographers who want to get into video. What yeah. camera would you advise them to get? So if you're a photographer and you're shooting weddings, you most likely already have like the Mark IV Um if you dabbled, you got the R already. Uh, so it's the mistake of if you want to get into video, what camera should you buy? You have to keep in mind all the Canon lenses that you have or the Nikon lenses that you have. Um, so it's really a preference thing because I've easily spent over 30 grand just from jumping ship and trying different things all these years. Um, and so I'd never advise for that. This is also like a hobby too. So it all works out. 
So that's a that's a hard question, man. Uh, I feel like most pe- most professional photographers already have the equipment in their hands already. Okay. Um. So that would be my best advice. But if you want to get into it, um, you can't go wrong with getting the Black Magic and just getting an adapter for whatever lenses you have. But you can't use RF lenses; those will never adapt. They're they're made for the mirrorless, and they'll never work. Okay. So, okay. Um, I guess my next question is, since you do both, you're a hybrid shooter, right? But yeah. in, realistically, you can't do both. So what? how do you find your team and what requirements do you want them to have? Yeah. Uh, so my main person, when I'm shooting photo, uh, he owns a Blackmagic. And because the Blackmagic uses the same sensor as a Panasonic uh, GH5S, I'm able to let him use my GH5 and he has a GH5. So... I'm running basically Panasonic on the video side when I'm shooting photo. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm just shooting video, it's whoever has Canon. I won't allow anything else because I'm going to shoot with my Canons all day. Okay. Uh, and, that, and, I, and I definitely merge to that because I don't want to color grade different cameras anymore until, until that, that software comes, you know, that I was mentioning earlier. Um, even then, though, I'm not even, I don't want to dabble too much in different camera bodies. That's really it. I mean, my second shooter, as long as he has, as long as one of us is on a zoom lens and one of us is on a fast lens, uh, then I'm fine. How important is shooting 4K for you? Um, as of right now, it's not super important. It was, but the Canon R doesn't have 4K 60p. And I love shooting 60p. So it's like, okay, I'm going to have my C200 out and shoot 4K 60p. But I also don't like to run around with that camera during weddings. It's just huge for weddings. I mean, I'm shooting 4K a lot of the day. But um, if I want 60p, I got to shoot in HD. So it's just now it's just like choosing, picking and choosing what I want slow now. Okay. Oh, I, I guess my last question is what advice can you get? for someone who doesn't know what camera they want to use first. Yeah. You know, kind of like we're, we're trying, cause I, I went through the same thing, but I was just all Canon, but I pretty much spent the same amount of money that as you like yeah. buying all these cameras and then selling them. Yeah. So uh, I want to help out these people who, <laughs> for, for them not to go through what we went through. Yeah. Like, what advice can we give them? To, yeah. You know, there's a word in this community that everyone talks about, and that's gas, the gear acquisition syndrome. And um, we all just want that latest and greatest, and that's the, that's the tough part. Uh, I think that just getting a camera and using the hell out of it is the best for your company or anything you're trying to build. And so it's just a matter of like literally thinking, like, do I want to go handheld? Okay, GH5. Do I want to have photo and video? Okay, Canon R or the 5D Mark IV, which is still going to be pricey. Like what I did, I would go on Vimeo and I would look up uh, shot on uh, Canon, you know, like cinema, shot on Fuji X-T3 cinema camera, whatever. And I would just look at everyone's footage and I would look at like different things. And that's kind of like how I would like start basing my search and, and, and purchases. I would also add to that. I wish I did it before I went through all of this. 
was uh, renting out equipment and incorporating that in the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's smart. Yeah. So, you know, you incorporate it in the cost and you can try the equipment out before you buy it. I think that's a really good idea because then you're going to find out, oh, this isn't for me. You know, so that goes with cameras, uh, lenses, or if you want to yeah. do a Ronin or, you know, it, it's it's easier and it's better for your for your wallet. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, they're definitely everyone. A lot of people will tell you to rent and and that's a good thing. And also, if you have a friend who's nice enough to let you borrow something and just go and yes. shoot on it. When I was starting out, I see all these rental places and you see the price tag. You're like, man, that's too much. And then yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it makes more sense than actually buying the camera. Because I, yeah. I remember getting the Sony A7S II when it came out and I returned it the next day. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm so used to Canon and the colors that when I when I started oh, sure. when I started using it at an actual wedding, it was like I you know you could only do so much to prep, but then as as soon as the shoot starts, you could some some stuff is gonna happen, and you're if you're not familiar with the camera, then you're screwed. Oh. So, dude, you yeah, know. that was scary. Yeah, I know that feeling. So I I would probably do rent equipment out. And do a styled shoot with someone. Yeah. That way you can build camaraderie and, you know, get to practice with a camera. Yeah, I've definitely jumped into a wedding without knowing my camera settings. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> we all have. That's amazing. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and the all the information that you've shared with us and for yeah. saving us so much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. So le- now I want to I want to share to the listeners how they could reach you and what what are you up to currently? Okay, uh cool. Yeah, you could reach me at joeyrieger.com to see all my wedding stuff. Um also Instagram obviously, uh, instagram.com/joeyrieger. Um and I'm also offering uh hybrid shooting uh mentor sessions. Because I've been getting a lot of messages about just certain things like, oh, I want to dabble with this, I want to dabble with that. And there's so much that I, information I can give you in like one to two hours that would easily launch you into like just being confident and knowing what's going on in, in your future. So I just want to offer that. And also you can get 25% off if you mention that you heard this on the wedding video, boss. Score. All right. Thank you so much for that. You're saving us so much money and so much time to experiment and stuff that it's valuable information. And I'm pretty sure the listeners are appreciating this, that you're giving this away for free. So if they want more information, then they could do the mentorship session. And that's that's probably going to help them even more. Oh, for sure. Take (laughs) it easy. I'll see you you soon. All right, bye. Bottom line is, find the camera that fits your style and master it. There's so many situations that can happen at weddings. But as long as you know exposure and how to adjust your camera to each situation, the camera won't matter. Some of the best photographers and videographers still use old cameras and they're still changing the game. If you're a beginner, rent equipment first before you buy. You won't do enough weddings on your first year anyway, so just incorporate the rental in your cost. If you're a photographer looking to expand into video, you have two options. Buy another camera that can take great photos and video, or get a camera that's good for video and strap it onto you. I hope this episode was helpful. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to reach out. 
I'm throwing all these information goldness for free, so I'd really appreciate it if you help me by subscribing, rating, or leaving a review. Thanks so much for those who already did. Thanks for listening. It means the world to me. Watch out for the next episode of the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out. Another camera that can take great photos and video or get a camera that's good for video and strap it onto you. I hope this episode was helpful. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to reach out. I'm throwing all these information goldness for free, so I'd really appreciate it if you help me by subscribing, rating, or leaving a review. Thanks so much for those who already did. Thanks for listening. It means the world to me. Watch out for the next episode of the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out.